proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to figure out how many games there are about trading in the Mediterranean. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about our top five board game themes. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, the Ravensburger Escape Puzzles and Slay the Spire. Then, we go through our top five board game themes. And now, here are your hosts, Campy and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the main part of the episode, and that is that we've got the Virtual Con and Dice Tower Summer Spectacular coming up very soon. We are not 100% sure what all of the things we may be doing during those events are, so make sure you are following us on social media because we will be posting on especially Twitter. Twitter tends to be a little bit easier for lots of little informational bits. That's just at Board Game Blitz on Twitter. Uh, the one thing that we can say for sure is that I am going to be doing a top 10 list uh, with Tom Z. Paula Deming and myself, and that is on Wednesday, July 1st at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern uh, on the Dice Tower. That will be a live top 10. And we are doing our top 10 games from 2010, so 10 years ago. Top 10, 2010, 10 years ago. I'm excited. There are a couple of picks on my list specifically that I think not a lot of people play often or even ever. So <laughs> I'm excited to share true that. true of a lot of 2010 games. Actually. Honestly, 2010 here, this is a little spoiler, not for my list, but like 2010 was not a super great year for games. <laughs> I don't think there are some gems in there, but like when you look at the large list of games, like there aren't tons and tons and tons of wonderful games on that list. So it'll still be a lot of fun to talk about our top 10 faves though. I still haven't been playing that many board games recently, but... A pandemic will do that to you. <laughs> yeah. But I have been doing some puzzles, which are kind of board game adjacent. So Ravensburger, which is a company that... It's a board game publisher that makes Strike. Um, <laughs> That's the only games. thing that matters, yeah. clearly. <laughs> but, but they also make jigsaw puzzles, and they're pretty good jigsaw puzzles. They, like together pretty well and stuff so they're, they're one of the companies that i approve of with jigsaw puzzles but they made this series of escape puzzles so it's kind of like an escape room mixed with a jigsaw puzzle and i got a couple of them i have witch's kitchen and submarine so all each puzzle is themed differently they have a picture so the jigsaw puzzle is a picture of something and so like witch's kitchen is like it looks like the inside of a hut with a bunch of little potions and stuff everywhere uh and like black cats and stuff <laughs> i don't remember everything um, so the way it works is there's a jigsaw puzzle so you do the jigsaw puzzle and then it has a picture that doesn't exactly match the cover of the box but it's similar and then after you solve it there's a bunch of different puzzles not jigsaw puzzles but there's a bunch of different like logic puzzles and stuff kind of like an escape room but it's just um on the two-dimensional picture so like you look at something and it might be like a word puzzle or a number puzzle. All of the answers are numbers. So, but there's something that that you do and there's like the one of them it had eight mini puzzles and the other one had six, so I'm not sure. There's a bunch in the series, so it's probably similar for all the other ones. And then after you do all those puzzles, there's a final meta puzzle using the answers from those puzzles. So, I enjoyed it. I did it just by myself. Uh, I like jigsaw puzzles, though, 
and it, like I think first it's a jigsaw puzzle and then it's an escape puzzle so if you don't like jigsaw puzzles this is definitely not for you <laughs> but if you do <laughs> like jigsaw puzzles like me then it's basically a jigsaw puzzle with a little bit of bonus at the end with um simple type escape room games kind of like exit but simpler and like because it's only a picture that you're using you're not you're not cutting up anything or folding anything or there's nothing like that so there's less flexibility with what the puzzles can be but it's still fun I I like that anyways (laughs) and so I I enjoyed the Ravensburger escape puzzles some of the puzzles were like a little confusing but they have a hint system online so you can just go to their website and there's hints that help so if if you're not sure you're stuck it'll like tell you I think it it gave you a couple hints and then the answer I'm not sure if if there's spoiler tags though so you might just see the answer if you're looking up the hint (laughs) but but yeah so if you get stuck there's the answers so that was Ravensburger escape puzzles I did the witch's kitchen and submarine there's a bunch of different ones I'm not sure how many they have but they're probably mostly available so if you like jigsaw puzzles check them out They sound really neat, and this feels like something that, like, if you like escape room games, but your, like, family members maybe aren't quite that into the hobby yet, I feel like you could almost, not trick them, but, like, kind of be like, okay, so we're just gonna do a jigsaw puzzle, come here, grandma, and everybody get together, and oh no, we have to solve a mystery now, too, (laughs) like, have fun, also, like, when you finish a jigsaw puzzle, like definitely there's that feeling of satisfaction, but then I think there's a little mm-hmm. bit of sadness too because it's over. So mm-hmm. this kind of like, you put the thing together and then you get to do a little bit extra. So that feels <laughs> yeah. nice. Although if you don't like that extra part, then it might be frustrating. Well, I mean, it's not like you have to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So if you want to just put together a nicely made jigsaw puzzle, go for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but another thing, um, if you only want the jigsaw puzzle, the edges of the pieces are all... Uh, they all fit together to themselves. So normally all the pieces are different. So like there's a unique space where it'll fit, but because of the way the metal puzzle works, the edges are all just two different shapes other than the corners. So any edge piece will fit like anywhere else that has that same shape kind of. Interesting. So so it's a little harder because normally you do the edges first, right? And then it's hard to tell where exactly they meet up you had to do it just by the color and like matching everything so that's so hard potentially not very colorblind friendly then in that regard yeah okay well that's interesting though well similarly to you uh <laughs> i am still living in a pandemic world which involves less board gaming which mm-hmm. um you know it's sad to some degree, but I've also been exploring some other stuff, which includes more video games. And mm-hmm. I had been hearing people talk about a video game that came out in 2019. Uh, ever since it released, people have been raving about Slay the Spire. But the thing that everybody said is it's basically a deck building game. And I tend to not enjoy deck building games. There are exceptions to that rule, but for me, it's not a genre of game that I gravitate towards. So I was like, nah, I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not gonna get it, whatever. Well, pandemic hits and it goes on sale for like 33% off and I cave. (laughs) So (laughs) Slay the Spire is a roguelike deck building game. Roguelike is a pretty niche video game term, but it's 
games that are basically usually like a dungeon crawl and the levels are procedurally generated and there's turn-based gameplay. I don't play a lot of roguelike games. They're not, it's not a genre of video game that I tend to gravitate toward. So we, we're, we're hitting all of the things that I don't typically do in this game. And yet, oh my gosh, it's so fun. <laughs> so in Slay the Spire, you're literally basically traveling up a tower essentially to slay the spire, hence the name of the game. Um, you choose one of four characters and you go up all of the floors that are procedurally generated, battling enemies and bosses in turn-based combat. And all of your uh, attacks and defense and spells and abilities are all uh, a deck that you are continually building as you progress through the tower. So obviously your deck starts off very simple with some basic attacks and defense cards. Um, and then as you beat more bosses and ascend higher, you get to add more cool stuff to your deck. And uh, there are multiple acts that you can travel through. There's, again, four characters that you can choose from. You have to unlock content, though, and I haven't unlocked all of the characters yet, so I'm still working on that. It is just really mechanically solid, and everything is very easy to understand. One of the things that I love about this game over a lot of other card-based games, and again, the video game format helps here, is everything is defined all of the time. So what I mean by that is when you have a card in your hand, when you hover over that card, if it has a term on it, then there will be a little box to the left or the right of the card that defines that term for you. And if there are multiple terms, they're all defined. So every time you pick up a card or look at a card, if you aren't 100% sure what the things on it mean, it just tells you right there. You don't have to go searching for information or looking up things or like, I'll, I tend to forget, you know, if a word only <laughs> yeah. comes up occasionally, I won't remember. I'm like, what does, you know, mystify mean? I don't, I just made that up, but like, I won't remember something and it's literally right there. It's so easy. And so I'm bad. <laughs> building games. I'm bad at like comboing cards together. I do the thing where I should play one card first and then I, but I accidentally play a different card first. And then I look and I'm like, oh, I should have played this one first. So I'm not good at optimal play strategy a lot of the time, but it's still really, really fun. The animation is nice looking, pretty simple, but like really clean. And the, the characters are cool. I don't know. I just really like it. And I think if I just wanted to talk about it because I feel like there might be other people like me who tend to kind of shy away from deck building games or even roguelike games. And this one I think is more approachable than most. Uh, I don't know how far I'll progress in it because again, I'm bad at this genre. So at some point I might just not be able to progress. But honestly, I feel like I'm already learning a lot even having only been playing it um, for a little while. So cool. you have a Switch, Ambie. Does this, like this yeah. seems like something you would potentially enjoy. Maybe, but when I've played games, like video games that are like board games before, like I haven't really gotten into them or enjoyed them as much as other people. Like I okay. played Hearthstone before and like I never really got into that. So yeah, I, I haven't really been interested in trying it. And there are even so though, many other games I have that that's, I haven't played. That's always true. <laughs> it's weird. Even though this one has a lot of mechanical similarities to board games, it feels more like a video game than a board game mm -hmm. to me. Um, I would actually liken this kind of to, 
even though the mechanics are very different, I would liken this to when I play uh, one deck dungeon solo. So one deck dungeon is dice rolling, dice manipulation, and dice allocation. So it's very different, but you're still fighting enemies and progressing through a thing. Um, this feels, this kind of gives me a similar feeling to that in the way that I enjoy it, even though the mechanics are different. So okay. yeah, so that is cool. Slay the Spire. It is available on PC, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation, and it's coming to Xbox One. Oh, and I think the iOS version just released, but I've heard that there might be issues with that. So if you want to get it on an, a phone or tablet, maybe look into that before you download it. Uh, but honestly, that's really neat that you can just get it on your phone too. So, And it is uh, published by Humble Bundle. We've said it a thousand times, Ambi. People love lists. They do. Yeah. It's just it's just a universal truth that we can't get away from. And I don't want to get away from it because I like making them. So today we are going to talk about not specific games per se, but our top five themes in games. And you and I kind of approach this a little bit differently. So do you want to kind of explain how you made your list? Yeah, so I made my list not necessarily themes that exist in games, <laughs> but a lot of them do. But it's a list of if a game has this theme, then it'll make me want to look at it just because of the theme. If, if it also has mechanics that I like, then, then I'll like it, but, but not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, I think it goes without saying yeah. that nothing is universal. Like, just because I say I like this theme does not mean I'll like every game ever that has that theme. So. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I didn't go with games that I... I mean, like, there are themes, there are a lot of games that I like that tend to be certain themes, but I didn't go with that because, it, like, I don't necessarily like them because of the theme. So it's games, it's where a, a theme is what makes me look at the game. So that's what I went with, or okay. trying to think of. And mine, I kind of did what you didn't do to some degree, is I picked themes that I, that generally I tend to like a vast majority of the games with that theme mm -hmm. um obviously exceptions you know exist everywhere but <laughs> yeah. when i when i think of these themes the majority of games that come into my mind are games that i really really love mm -hmm. so let's hop into it with number five my number five i called survival <laughs> because, <laughs> um, so I, yeah i was thinking of types of games that i like and i like engine building type games and so i was thinking like a game where you start out with very little and then you're building up trying to survive. So one example is Robinson Crusoe, like you're surviving on a desert island. So not like zombie survival or anything. It's like more like you're on a desert island just trying to survive, live, trying to live. <laughs> so um, yeah, I couldn't think of any other games that I've played with that theme specifically. But I guess like farming games are kind of a subset of that. <laughs> oh yeah, that makes sense. Or I mean, in theory, there there could be some like game where you're on a spaceship or something like that that you know hasn't been made yet, where you're just yeah. trying to kind of scrape by, like you've been. Yeah, I feel like something like that would have been made already. I just don't, can't think of any. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Like kind of like floating out in the middle. Of, like uh, what's the that Sandra Bullock movie? Um, <laughs> 
you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. But that, the board game. <laughs> yeah, so that's my number five. Uh, my number five theme is nature. So there are actually a pretty large amount of board games that involve nature in some way, but a lot of them I tend to really enjoy. So some games that I kind of came into my mind were things like Herbaceous, Lotus, Reef, uh, Wingspan, and obviously nature could lump animals in here too. And I thought about putting animals on my list and didn't. Um, I think it kind of encompasses animals to some degree, but I don't think all animal games are nature games and obviously not all nature games are animal games but something like wingspan feels a little bit more nature based than just mm -hmm. pure animal based because you've got nests and eggs and other things that are not just the animals themselves nature just feels very chill and calming to me a lot of these games tend to be low interaction and you're not messing with other people's stuff as much so i think they tend to be less stressful for me which is why nature themed games are my number five my number four is another one that i can't think of a game for but it would be cool this if is a call this is a call to arms game yeah. publishers make a game with the theme that amy's about to say yeah so this is crafting or like arts and crafts so as my hobbies i like making stuff but so i know there's patchwork <laughs> but that's like doesn't really feel like you're making a quilt yeah it patchwork is, does not feel like <laughs> yeah. quilting um but and i wanted i was thinking it would be cool to have like a heavier game like a strategic euro kind of like like a vital lacerda game or something where you're crafting something so like there's pret-a-porter where you're making dresses and stuff making designs um but like i like crafting all but a bunch of other types of things like making stuffed animals or making i don't know <laughs> but i think that would be neat i almost you know what would be neat is something kind of like that netflix show nailed it where people mm. like amateurs are trying to recreate like really fancy cakes or whatever from Pinterest something but like if, if it was crafting themed so you're kind of trying to like popsicle stick and glue together not literally obviously but like within the Dexterity game, game. <laughs> like you're collecting specific like random ingredients and then yeah, you have yeah. to somehow turn them into something neat yeah I would I would be get down like in that on that <laughs> I like it so that was my number four crafting or arts and crafts heavy euro <laughs> My number four is mystery. Mm. So I, this one didn't pop into my head immediately, but when I started thinking more about it, I think I really enjoy, not necessarily, like I enjoy solving puzzles, but that feels like a separate thing to me. Mystery is kind of more spooky and it can mm. involve puzzles, but it doesn't always. Just having to figure something out uh, either in the midst of a game or at the end of a game. Um, so escape room games definitely fall into this category. But to me, mm -hmm. something like Betrayal at House on the Hill kind of does too. Mm -hmm. um, or even like Deception Murder in Hong Kong. Some, you know, social deduction games would fit here. Or um, Mr. Jack, where it's a two-player strategic game, but you're trying to suss out information. I like a mystery. I like have, having unknown things that I kind of have to search for and work at and try and get. Yeah, I also like mystery. Um, but I was thinking, I think the reason I like it is more of the puzzle like mechanics and stuff. So I didn't put it as a theme. 
No, that makes sense. And I do, I really enjoy puzzles as well. I consider just doing puzzles as a theme on here, but I think mystery is a little bit more all-encompassing for me. Mm -hmm. So that is why it is my number four. My number three is cyberpunk. Uh, So cyberpunk is like sci-fi dystopian future. Some examples of that are Netrunner and (laughs) The Resistance. Uh, So Netrunner is a now discontinued card game that I really used to like. (laughs) But I got to, like, I played it too much and it was hard to keep up with it. But, like, the theme was really neat. There's, like, these these corporations and there's these hackers hacking into the corporations and trying to, like, steal stuff from them. And that, that was really neat. And then in The Resistance, it's a social deduction game with, like, spies and... Or the resistance and <laughs> spies, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I play the resistance Avalon, which is like Merlin themed, but we still call them spies. Like I like the theme of the original one better, so I just pretend it's still <laughs> cyberpunk themed. So, what about the cyberpunk theme appeals to you? Uh, I'm not sure. Like I just like the characters are cool. <laughs> like okay. it's cool being like futuristic hacking type resistance and like i also played the rpg cyberpunk 2020 well we, we played it for like two times <laughs> because we couldn't, couldn't couldn't like schedule it but just like the 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 story of being in a futuristic well i like sci-fi in general and then it's like more specific i like dystopian uh sci-fi as well and then it's cool just computer stuff and pretending like you're really good at hacking awesome (laughs) when you're not (laughs) (laughs) and so that was my number three cyberpunk my number three is art and obviously all board games utilize art (laughs) but i'm talking about games that are themed Mm -hmm. about art so things like starving artists or sagrada or modern art which or Kanagawa, Belrati, uh, Duplik, which I have to, I'm just going to say this out here. I know that we have a few people, a few people that listen to this podcast. If anybody has a copy of Duplik lying around that they don't want, please hit me up on Twitter because I desperately want a copy of this game. My good friends, uh, Mason and Megan Weaver, Mason, you may have heard on the Five by podcast, uh, taught this game to me at BGGCon a couple of years ago and it is so much fun i love it but it's not a game that i could easily print and play i don't think so it's d-u-p-l-i-k i'm just going to use my platform here to say if you have a copy of that (laughs) game hit me up please i love it so much but yeah art it, it kind of i think does a similar thing for me to the nature themed games in that it's kind of more calm and chill and beautiful Um, You know, in instances like starving artists, I'm literally getting to look at, you know, really famous works of art throughout the course of the game. And that kind of just makes me happy. Like, I'm a person who can go into an art museum and spend a really long time just standing and staring at things. I really like paintings and works Mm -hmm. of art and sculptures and things like that. Um, So, yeah, art themed games hit me just right. Uh, I love them so much. So that is why my number three is art. And I just realized that starving artists could fit under my crafting uh, category because you're you're making the oh. art in that one. I mean, yeah, that and yeah. Kanagawa technically would oh, also. I haven't played Kanagawa. So. Oh, okay. So would start would uh would Sagrada also count for that? 
Because you're making that's more abstract. Window. Yeah, it's pretty abstract. <laughs> I, I didn't. I almost mentioned Azul, which technically fits, but it's so abstract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, my number two is time travel. So one of my favorite games is Tragedy Looper, which has a time travel theme. Uh, and I think that works pretty well with the theme. Uh, but it's also like a deduction game. You're trying to like figure out what you need, like why things are happening. But there are other games that have time travel that I didn't like as much. <laughs> but I still am always interested when a game has time travel. <laughs> so like even though it seems like I don't tend to like games that have time travel in general, <laughs> except for t- Tragedy Looper, I, I think... A- a game having time travel makes me go, ooh, <laughs> this might be cool. So wait, have you played Anachrony? Yes, I have. And um, I liked it, but it, not because of the time travel. It didn't feel like time travel to me. The okay. time travel was more like alone. And I like time travel where you can go back in time like multiple times. So I guess time okay. stories. In theory, in theory work. Yes. And so <laughs> like, I, I didn't like it at first. Yes. But yeah, like Anachrony felt, didn't feel like time travel. And actually one without time traveling at all so <laughs> time like, oh. stories was the epic con, the long con man they got us hooked into this system and got kept me buying i didn't yeah. even buy most of them my friend bought most of the expansions so i'm not even like <laughs> yeah so like i think there aren't enough games about time travel because it's only like the a couple there and the time stories is is a... <laughs> i think that, that was... that's a theme that's probably very yeah. difficult to pull off mechanically yeah. But there's a lot of room to play around in that. Yeah. For the record, even though it really doesn't feel like time travel, I know you do like some trick-taking games. So when you get a chance, definitely play Time Chase because oh, yeah. it is really fun. That, that's on my want to play list too, I think, because time travel theme. Yeah, it doesn't really. But I mean, just the fact that you can go back and change tricks in a trick-taking game that were already yeah. completed is, I was like, how does this even work? And it works so well. I love it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's my number two, time travel. My number two will probably not surprise anyone, although it might surprise you that it's not my number one. My number two is space. (laughs) So y'all know I love Battlestar Galactica, but it isn't just IP-based space games that have my heart. There are a lot of really good space-themed games. You've got stuff like Quantum, which has really interesting dice mechanisms. Gravwell, which is technically a race game. Race for the Galaxy, which is really, really fun and complex in the best ways. Uh, Stellar Leap, which is a short 4X game. And of course, Star Trek Ascendancy. You know, I gotta throw the Star Trek game in there, but... I have always gravitated, not just in games, but any in my whole life, things themed or set in space, sci-fi, that kind of stuff, I love. So I just always, if I see a new game that's set in space, I'm interested. And obviously this is also a category where there are lots of games, so there's <laughs> lots of stuff I haven't tried. Um, I have stuff in my own collection that I'm really interested in that is space themed and I haven't played yet. So. <laughs> I'm lucky in that I love this theme and there's a lot of them. So I'm not going to complain yeah. about a lack of games in the <laughs> space theme, but I'm very happy that I love them. So that is why my number two is space. Yay. <laughs> my number one is Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so Originally, I, I wasn't 
thinking of putting this on the list, but then I was thinking maybe I could put fantasy as a theme, but then really it's just Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, if, yeah, yeah, that's what you got to do. And, and I was going over with Toby, like, what my list was, and then he was like, oh, yeah, Lord of the Rings, you're number one, definitely. I was like, what? Really? He's like, yeah, when it's Lord of the Rings, you want to get it. But um, he, he doesn't like it as much. So there's War of the Ring, which I liked, but Toby didn't like. Oh, I also had when I was in high school, uh, Lord of the Rings Monopoly, Lord of the Rings Risk, Lord of the Rings Backgammon. Um, wait, 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 Lord of the wait, Rings wait. Trivial hold, Pursuit. Hold on, hold on. We're gonna just just pause for a second. Okay, the Monopoly, the Risk, the Trivial Pursuit, those all make sense to me. Backgammon is the one I'm struggling with. How in the world was there a themed backgammon? I actually still have that one. I want to see it. The the pieces, like the little checker pieces or whatever they're called, they're rings. And it's gold and silver, which is kind of hard to tell apart. (laughs) But is there anything else other than the fact that it's just a backgammon set themed? Like Lord yeah, of the Rings it, with it's rings? just backgammon, but <laughs> but it just has like rings on it. I think it has a map on the on the board part. Uh, the day this episode releases, please re- re- like tweet the picture of this. Okay. I want to see I'll it. Have to yeah, I want to see. <laughs> yeah. So, but then there's games that have come out since then that are better, like <laughs> Lord of the Rings: Journeys in Middle Earth, which we bought. Um, and I, haven't been I still want to play, play that, much, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And then there were, like, a bunch of other Lord of the Rings games that I want just because they're Lord of the Rings or I want to play just because of the Lord of the Rings. And even if they're not necessarily that good, and then we get end up getting rid of them or, like, Toby doesn't like them. Then. But, yeah, Lord of the Rings, I always, I always want to play them. <laughs> so that's my number one theme. My number one, the thing that beat out space on my list, is adventure. Mm. I love going on an adventure. I don't really care how that takes shape in a game, but I want to explore. I want to discover things. I want to get story. Like, I love going on an adventure. Some of my very favorite games, like Runebound, Legacy of Dragonhold, Near and Far, the newly released Forgotten Waters, they're all based around adventuring. I will say that most of the adventure games that I've played or that I see are often kind of generic fantasy themed. And I don't necessarily mind generic fantasy, but I do wish there were more pure adventure games that were not fantasy themed. There are some. I would actually even like classify something like Takedo as an adventure game to some degree. It's a little bit, that's a little bit of a stretch, but you're going on a journey through Japan and you're stopping at different locations and collecting items. So I think it kind of fits. It's obviously like not the best example of an adventure. (laughs) There's no story. The other games I named first are definitely what I think of Mm -hmm. first with this theme, but I love it so much. I want more interesting stories in board games. And even if that means I only can play a certain thing a certain number of times, you know, because I'll know the story and then I'm done with it. That's fine. I don't tend to replay games a hundred times anyway. So that's kind of perfect for me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Designers, please make more adventure games. Also, (laughs) Nikki, Nikki Valens, if you're, if you're listening to this, please, I want, I know you don't work for Fantasy Flight anymore, but Legacy of Dragonhold is one of the best things ever. And I want another game like that, please. (laughs) So that is my number one, Adventure. 
We would love to hear from you all. What themes do you love in games? Please go to our Board Game Geek Guild or our Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and let us know what themes you love in games, especially if it's one we didn't mention today. Uh, we would love to hear from you and what you love and maybe you'll help us discover something else that we want to check out in the near future. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. You can now pre-order For Science, a real-time game about working together to save the world from disease. And you can take 20% off your order of all non-exclusive items sold at grayfoxgames.com by entering the promo code BLITZFANS at checkout. Crystal and I suggest you grab Deception Murder in Hong Kong and Champions of Midgard. Gray Fox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. Did you know you can support our show and get cool perks for as little as $1 a month? Become a patron to listen to unedited episodes and join our private Slack channel which lets you chat with us and other Blitzketeers directly. Head to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz to become a patron today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mapp. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, no one, no one, no one can get in the way of me, I'm winning. Bye, everyone. Adventure in my list. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> what is wrong with me? I'm starting over. I'm starting that over. Okay.